0: Okay, welcome in. It is D Churn at the Churn FF sitting alongside me. My co-host Connor Boddington with a big facial expression at Connor Bod's underscore FF on Twitter. I am your co-host Joe D Francesco at JD fourteen. Today is Wednesday, August eighteenth. We are in week three of the preseason, quickly approaching redraft season. Welcome. How are you tonight?
1: I'm doing well. Um, obviously, like you're saying, week three of the preseason. So we're right here. We're very close. I We still have to figure out if this is preseason week three or week two, whatever it is. But regardless, I'm very excited. Now we got our first kind of weekend of NFL action. Uh, and I like, too, that they don't do any Sunday games, really. I like warm, that it's all right? Saturday. Get yeah, there were two away. games on Sunday. Yeah, get, it, get them done. Spread them out. Um, Saturday, though, was a big day. Very big of, day.
0: A lot of games. A lot
1: of football. Yeah.
0: Let's uh, so let's set the table. Tonight's show, going to be a good one. We're going to go preseason, breaking news, reactions, over reactions. Have a couple of those today, and then we're going to go back to basics. Talk a little bit about redraft season for the fans that are listening. This we want this episode to be as simple as possible to where your aunt could listen or. Your uncle who's never watched football before, if they needed to pick up a draft and figure out how to play fantasy football by tomorrow, they can do it. So let's set the table. What did you see preseason? We were talking pre pre-sho- pre show. You liked a lot of what you saw. Let's let's break it down a little bit.
1: Yeah. So obviously, I was hyping up the Bears Dolphins game, and I actually got a text from someone like, "Are you really?" hyped about preseason and i said yes that was deusler who texted me he was like you're really hyping up the bears dolphins i was like hell yeah man like obviously war room i got Tua. uh i got field so like that i was very very much so like dialed into that game but just in general i thought that that was two very very interesting quarterbacks to watch and guys who i'd like to kind of target late so pretty happy watching that and both of their performances too i thought Tua uh looked very very good like i thought he looked better than ever like than he did it all last year. He seemed like he was more comfortable taking risk and was actually forcing the ball downfield rather than constantly just take like taking the check down. He threw a couple beautiful passes um deep downfield. Did you uh did you have any thoughts about Tua and his performance over the weekend?
0: I have a big smile on my face.
1: I know. I don't know why.
0: I'm really itching to make a pun on uh, to his name, I'm not gonna do it. It's gonna be really bad taste. It's not gonna hit well. It's hitting me well. Um, I just think in general, though, Dolphins look great, and he looks very solid. And forget about Jalen Waddles limp he had a week ago. He's cutting dudes up on the field, and he's providing uh, punt return. Oh, they're gonna have so so many ways to attack you. And to a he looks good. He looks polished i'm on board with with you i have him in a redraft i have him in a dynasty a new startup uh i'm I'm like what i see a lot and i loved what i saw justin fields late i think he struggled in the beginning a little bit but that's fine struggle now figure it out he looks great and he he basically showed showed you why he's gonna be a konami threat down the road i mean he did it with his feet he threw it Lo- love to see that. I think he had a great first, uh, great first exhibition, uh, big game. And and for right, rightfully so, if you're not really watching preseason, that's okay. But you might miss a lot of good nuggets of information dynasty wise and just the trends of what's going to be happening. Uh, you know, Miles Gaskin, is he going to be in a three-way running back by committee? Is he in the dead zone? And is he the dead zone running back to avoid kind of like a landmine? So yeah, lo- love what I saw.
1: Yeah, and just to kind of hit on Fields, obviously, you know, I was very high on Fields going into the draft. Marty's got Trey Lance. I got Justin Fields. Like, I love Fields. Um, I thought at first he did not look good, and, I, you know, I don't blame him. He He's going out there on the field. He's getting, like, a long, like, standing ovation from all the Bears fans. Bears fans have pretty much crowned him as, like, the savior of the franchise, which is just putting a ton of pressure onto this kid, and he looked just a little uncomfortable. At first, which I again, I don't, I don't blame him. Like I would, I would too, if I was in his shoes. Um, once he settled down and also was playing honestly against more of the backups, the seconds and third strings, he really, really, like you were saying, started to show why he is that Konami code and how he does have the potential to break the scoring formats for fantasy, just being able to run. Um, he's a great passer. I'm excited. I loved what I saw. Obviously, I want to see him continue to build on that. I would love to see him actually get some snaps with Allen Robinson. They were talking about getting him some more snaps with him in practice, and obviously that would be huge. Um, He played a lot with Mooney, but otherwise he just was thrown a, like, what was his name? Rodney Rodney Adams, I think was his name, who was like a 27-year-old journeyman, because I looked it up, and I was like, this could be a guy for Dynasty, and now he's 27 and never – plays but he was playing well in preseason so I would rather have seen that be Alan Robinson to be honest. So Gaskin though what are you I think that outside of the quarterbacks I think that is the biggest story of at least that game um is what's the situation now with the Miami backfield.
0: This is tough. I've I've done two dynasty drafts this year and Gaskin has fallen into my RB2 in two of those, but the re the reason why (laughs) (laughs) I snuck it in there. I'm sorry. I really am. It was bound to happen. If, If anybody could see what's happening right now, the reaction I just got was priceless from Connor, but the dynasty approach that I've been taking is really loading up on like young receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends running back has not been like the focal point of my dynasty drafts. We talk about that a lot. And we talked a lot, a lot about that in the off season. reason being they deteriorate a little bit quicker. So I've gotten a little bit more creative with my dynasty strategy, but after you definitely look at the panic button and you open up the case, I'm looking at it and I think I'm ready to slam it. Malcolm Brown's stat line by no means is intimidating where he's getting carries on the volume of where he's getting carries. though, I think they just look at him and they see like a real, like a, like a running back, like you're tried and true, like running back carrier of the football, but he's not going to be anything you're interested in fantasy wise. What is that going to do? Immediately deterioration of miles Gaskins value. And he was a guy coming in around like four rounds, four to six. Someone's going to, you're going to, he's now like planted as a landmine in round six. And what that means is somebody's going to trip over the wire landmine, miles Gaskin, trouble brewing. He better not be your RB two and redraft this year, or you are in a world of hurt. Maybe RB four at this point.
1: Yeah. And that was the thing too, kind of what you were talking about earlier where it's like, Hey, you don't really need to be watching preseason, but if you don't, you can miss out on nuggets like this. And right now it's, if you're doing your drafts, I mean, Gaskin, his ADP has probably not been reflective in how this past weekend went. And normally it's like, all right, let's not overreact to one quarter of preseason football that they played. But I am very worried about Gaskin. And I was telling you all offseason, I was like, Malcolm Brown is solid. Malcolm Brown is going to steal snaps. I did not expect it to be like that. He played most of the third downs. He got every single goal line carry. They're going to keep him in because of his pass protection skills, which right now with Tua coming off a broken hip, granted that was two years ago at this point, but they have to be concerned about that. Their O-line was okay, not great. So just another guy who can block well is going to play. And obviously Salvin Ahmed, he had a long touchdown too. And Flores came out on Monday and said, it's going to be a three-headed monster. He said, it's going to be a three-back committee. And yeah, I just, I'm going to have zero shares of Miles Gaskin this year in redraft. I do not like where he's being drafted. If the market corrects and he falls down into like the seventh, eighth, ninth round, then I'd be like, okay, I could, I could stomach this because he is still a good player. He is. I still think, I think Ahmed is better. I really do. I, I don't know if that's crazy. I think Ahmed is just a better running back. I've been in on him since last, not January, 21, January, 2020, coming out of Washington. And I spent $20 fab on him after the draft when he went undrafted by the Niners and then got cut. Mm. So I'm an Ahmed truther.
0: Compelling points. We're talking a ton of dolphins.
1: Yeah. Too much dolphins. Let's keep it moving here.
0: Just a couple notes. All the quarterbacks look like decent, better. than. Yeah. None of them imploded. Yeah. None of
1: them imploded.
0: That's exciting. We didn't really see too much of Mac Jones over at the churn. I'm very excited for when he takes over the quarterback room, though. He's just a laser accurate passer. And he is exactly what the Patriots look for. He's going to bring the Patriot way back. Very excited about that. Um, Chargers, they look good. Josh Palmer, six for 36. He is going to push for number three. This is important dynasty wise. This is also maybe important deeper leagues. Josh Palmer is gonna push wide wide receiver three in LAC.
1: Could it be two? Because this is Mike Williams banged up. Like uh,
0: he's got a hip flexor.
1: I don't think it's likely, but it's just something that could he could push. And I mean, he played. I mean, he's sorry to cut you off, but he's built like an outside alpha wide receiver what is he like six, three, like over 200. Like he's got the size, he's got the speed. So I just, I don't think he becomes a wide receiver too, but it is just something to keep in mind like that. I do think that's in the realm of outcomes. I think wide receiver three is probably well within his grasp though for them.
0: Yeah. Agreed. But char- Chargers look good. I need to bring them up. I know it's the churn. We're a fantasy football podcast, but we're also a chargers truther podcast. I'm kidding. I might not be though. You might be on the bandwagon after this year. I made a tweet. The bandwagon is already revving up its engine. The more the merrier, but don't be shy. We are, it's going to be taking off this year. A lot of, a lot of Herbert jerseys are like all top 50 and his Nike vapor elite. The $300 option is top five right now in Jersey sales. Very excited about that. They're loving it. And Fun fact, the churn is going to SoFi December 12th. Thank you, Indeed.com. We'll be going to see Giants Chargers uh, yeah. later in the year. So definitely pumped about that, too.
1: Very, very excited. That'll be a blast. Uh, we'll figure out the show that week. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, I'm Just thinking well, about that now.
0: <laughs> live show in December. Yeah, yeah.
1: But um, we got a couple months to figure that out. Um, all right. Let's dive news. Yeah.
0: Player news.
1: Darren Waller's back
0: Thank God. and he, he's uncoverable. He's uncoverable. And let me bring up a couple notes about Darren Waller got a, uh, on Twitter about Darren Waller today, PPR. He was good enough for RB eight wide receiver, eight point a half tight end premium. He was the sixth best non quarterback asset and tight end premium last year. If he decreased by 60 points this year, he would have still been best for top 12 non-quarterback tight end premium asset. He is a smash and he's not being smashed enough. He's healthy. He's fine. He got some veteran days off. He's schooling dudes on the playground. Very happy to have him back.
1: Now does Brian Edwards being Randy Moss and Terrell Owens combined into one Does that worry you at all? Because I'll be honest, it doesn't. With what you just said about him getting 60 less points and still being a top 12 player overall in tight end premium, I got no issues drafting Waller in the second round. Um, If it's any type of PPR, I think he's just going to get peppered with targets. And I mean, if you take him over, I, I would not agree taking him over Kelsey, but I could see the rationale behind it. Like, I don't think it's absurd. To do that, I think you're wrong. I disagree with you if you do that, but I could see a world where that that could work out for you.
0: Well, Travis Kelsey shaved his beard, so that too. Oh, that should have let let off take, the show. Yeah, we're in trouble.
1: He, we're beard. It's like, Ju- it's like when
0: Justin Herbert when he shaved his head and he came in with a buzz cut and he looked like he was five years younger. No, Justin yeah. Herbert he plays with the flow. Travis Kelsey, where's your swagger, bro? You need the beard gotta have the beard.
1: Yeah. Did you see those Twitter profile picture now? Uh, no, go, go look at his Twitter profile picture. It's It's very funny. Yeah. He, uh, he went into Microsoft paint and just drew his beard back on. It's very funny. It is so badly dumb, but it is so, so, so funny. At least I saw he, he tweeted it out yesterday. So I hope he didn't delete it, but, for anyone who saw that Kelsey shaved his beard, go look at his Twitter profile picture. It's very, very funny. Um yeah, who do you got? What do you got up next for player news? I do not have Roto World up. I'm bringing it up right now.
0: Yeah, so but by the way, we do churn through most of our news off Roto World. So for rookie fantasy players, rotoworld.com, NFL's the drop down player news headlines and we're running through them. We're analyzing them for you next up on my side. I'm not even going to bring up Tim Tebow. I'm not interested. Carry on Johnson cut by the Eagles. He's going to get waived with an injury designation. I think that bodes well for miles Sanders this year. He's actually kind of screaming as one of those dead zone running backs that were, if you come away with RB one, RB two, and then you go receiver with your third pick. I actually, um, I think I'm back in miles Sanders. He's going to be fine this year.
1: So I am a little bit worried just because they're talking about Kenneth gain. Well, your boy working out with the first team, he's been getting first team snaps. I don't know if that's more so indicative of a reduced role for Boston. Scott, or how that backfield is going to shake out. But I I was never really concerned about carry on. I don't – it sucks because he was such a good player coming out in his first year just to see a guy like that be done so early in his career because of injury. um, I don't see him really doing anything again. But, um, yeah, it really sucks to see. I I don't know. I'm not totally in on Sanders and redraft. I just – I need to see it. I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying I need to see it. I just they need to target him. That's really it. If they throw him the ball, he'll smash again. If they don't throw him the ball, though, I don't think it's going to be a fun time if you own Miles Sanders.
0: My favorite thing about Miles Sanders is he is a home run threat. Yeah. That's like one of the best parts of his game, is it's it might not always be efficient. The Eagles haven't been efficient over the past couple of years. They haven't been great. He wasn't bad with Hertz last year. Apparently Jalen Hurts is winning over the locker room. I'm losing that trade by the minute until I, until I win it. And Joe Flacco takes over. Yeah, Miles Sanders, home run threat. Love that for things like DFS. Love that for things like best ball. Miles Sanders. If you're not going running back early, he's going to be there in rounds three and four. I think he's worth a shot. He's coming back into my good graces. Um, Next up. News wise, honestly, the news circle has been a little weak this week, this week, this week. I am happy to see that Chase Claypool avoided major inj- uh, major injury, so he might take a few days off. Maybe he's out a week or two, but he should be good to go. We went down pretty hard, pretty awkwardly the other day. We were worried about that over here, but I, I'm seeing that he's going to be fine, and and that's good for anybody who's targeting late round receivers kind of like him. He's got major tups, touchdown upside. So we want him healthy. We want him on the field.
1: Yeah. And so I got another couple pieces here. Dak Prescott uh, limited in practice Wednesday. He is starting to throw again. So Very that's good. good. Um, they didn't rule him out this weekend, which is great. I don't think he plays. I don't think we we'll see him again in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. There's no. Not. Why would they play him? Um, And then also we haven't really talked about this, but the, Bears rookie starting left tackle is having back surgery, mm. which obviously really hurts Andy Dalton, not as mobile as fields. I don't think it would hurt fields as much when starting, but obviously you want to have the best line in front of them as possible. I don't know. This could obviously hurt Monty as well. Cause they also cut their One of their starting tackles from last year, Charles Leno. And now Tevin Jenkins got hurt who he's a mauler. He's a beast. And So, yeah, just something to keep an eye on with the Bears. Um, It never – it's never good to lose someone to injury this early, but obviously with this being a rookie as well, missing out on vital parts of camp as well as part of the season like that, that is really going to suck.
0: Yep, 100%. Good catch there. Um, Last catch that I had, this is off the beaten path of rotoworld.com. This is from twitter.com. Vic Fangio seems like – he's almost ready to make that decision on that starting quarterback. Who do you think it's going to be?
1: I think I, it sounds like I was reading those reports too. I think it's going to be Teddy. Everyone wants Locke lock because of that throw and that throw is incredible that he made. Um, and that's, I still, my head, my head says, uh, Teddy, my heart says lock. I hope they give lock one more chance because again, I just think he has the higher upside. I don't think it's likely, though.
0: I think it's going to be Teddy. It's going to be great for
1: Jerry Judy. Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. Um, and then finally, your boy, Elijah Moore. Jets are hoping he can return to practice next week. He'll be fine. Sit him down.
0: He doesn't need preseason. He just needs to catch footballs. I've did seen you see,
1: enough. Did you see the Justin Jefferson uh, quote he gave? to the press this week or last no. week whatever it was get so it there. someone asked him like oh are you gonna be okay like how are you gonna get ready not playing any preseason games and he looks at them and he's just like i didn't play any preseason games last year and i think i did pretty well so i think that i'll be okay i'm like you you motherfucker that's sick i love when like these guys are just like that's such a bad question like of course i'm gonna be fine
0: right right oh speaking of news bits Andy Dalton, it's it's my time. He said,
1: yeah, um, what else is he going to say? I mean, come on. What else do you want that guy to say? I I think it's a great, I love it. I think he's a great, I think it's a great situation. I think he's still an improvement over Foles and Mitch from last year. And then if Fields is ready and can play, you play Fields. If not, you'll be fine with Dalton. Um, As someone who has, as a fan of a team that has their first round pick next year, I think I would rather Fields be starting week one. Hmm. From that standpoint,
0: they'll definitely win more games with Dalton. Uh, yeah. early on, almost like a For Fitzpatrick sure. move, and then they put into it when they were four and three, right? That was kind yeah. of shocking. Just obviously, I just brought that up. It was on train of thought, thinking about well, that again. He, oh, man, he was doing so good last year with them, but. And anyways, I think the reason
1: the reason why though was the bye week getting moved. Do you remember their bye week got moved around?
0: Yeah. Weird and so that's
1: why, yeah, they were like it sounded like all the reports were they were going to wait till the bye week, no matter what, to start Tua, and then it got pushed up. Yep, from like week thirteen to week seven. I remember or whatever that. week eight, and then they're just like, "Yep, Tua, you're starting," and everyone's like, "Wait, what?" Because the Dolphins are playing like really, really good football. Um, but yeah, I think again, Tua looked great. I thought this week, and I'm very excited for him.
0: He's the highlight of the show today. We might have to. Him. We're gonna name this one after him. We we yeah. for those who listen, we think about what we talked about, and then we name the show after. It was gonna probably be something around back to basics, getting your aunt playing fantasy, but now, uh,
1: back to what basics?
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> two, two can play that game.
0: Yeah, well, you know, for where there's lack of information readily available to churn through. The jokes are flying through our, through the show tonight. I'm a big fan of that. Um, Yeah. That's really all I have a little update. I'm in about three drafts right now. My brain is spinning, but I just nabbed the one, one again. And when we start talking about the basics of fantasy football, the one, one is overpowered right now. And it's even more overpowered and very casual, your family, your work, your school, if uh, if you could find a way to rig the stats in your way, get the 1-1 because it is on fire right now.
1: Yeah, it is. I can't remember a time. Actually, uh, that's a lie, but it feels like it's been a while since like the number one pick was as set in stone, locked in, like McCaffrey. David Johnson. Well, okay. Also, how about the fact that this is happening to McCaffrey and he's coming off injury where he only played three games and everyone's just like, no, 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 he's the number one pick no matter what. Like, and I'm, I'm with them, but I was like, I can't remember a time there was ever an off season like this for a guy because normally like, I mean, you're, you're seeing it with Saquon. Now granted much different injuries that they're dealing with, but it's like Saquon is all of a sudden now he might slide out of the first round of some drafts. Like
0: we'll see. The reason behind McCaffrey, think about his PPR finish. If you get 80% of that, he's still the running back one. Oh, yeah. 75% of that.
1: Dude, he played three games last year and finished the season with like 90 points.
0: He was averaging 30 points per game. And that's it. Well, there you have it.
1: Yeah. So, yes. If you are just starting fantasy and you get the number one pick, take Christian McCaffrey. Do not. Take a quarterback unless you are in some type of two quarterback or super flex. And if you've never played fantasy before and that's what you're doing, that's a risky move. Um, it took us, I mean, it took me almost a decade, I think, before my first super flex league, which is like two quarterback pretty much for anyone um, who doesn't know what that means. But yeah, right now, if you're doing one quarterback, do not take a quarterback in the first round. Even with Mahomes, Lamar, Herbert, Josh Allen, do not take those in the first round. Always go, at least Joe and I, always lean running back. Obviously, this kind of goes person by person, what your preferences are, but the key to winning fantasy is having a workhorse running back, and those usually come out of the first round.
0: Workhorse or uh, a, a bell cow? I think Scott Barrow would be mad at us for not referencing the term Bell cow running. Is he, back. Cut,
1: is he cutting the checks?
0: He, he if he is, starts cutting the checks, I will <laughs> say Bell Cow. Well, well, there is a definable a definition of like your Bell Cow. And let's let's just go right into it. So running back position. What is a Bell Cow? 90% to 95% of the team's touches on a weekly basis. That is your Steelers version of Le'Veon Bell. That is Ezekiel Elliott, his first few years, bell cow. Things like that. You're Derrick Henry's bell cow. Next up, like Connor said, you're workhorse. They're getting around like 70% of your touches. We're still aiming for workhorses, guys that catch the football. We know that the standard's going to be most likely PPR nowadays. We're not dinosaurs anymore at the churn. We've grown up. We still have our 10-year standard league. But aiming for running backs early and often, if you'd never played fantasy before, you could show up on draft day, draft three running backs, get a couple receivers, pick a quarterback, and you have a team that competes on a weekly basis. So my take here is understand what kind of format you're playing. One quarterback leagues are the standard for every casual football league you can come up with. It means the quarterback position is the most worthless position that you can draft early in a fantasy draft. Connor, your take.
1: You are correct. Now, that might seem a little bit backwards considering how important of a position it is in all sports. You could say quarterback is probably the most important position. And fantasy does a really bad job of kind of taking that importance and bringing it over. So the reason why it's not as important is if you think about it, you're probably anywhere from a 10 to 12 team league. It's kind of the standard. So, all right, if you have one, if every team has one starting quarterback, that means there are 10 or 12 of the 32 quarterbacks who start every week playing in a roster on a given week. Now, when you get to running backs, you can start two running backs. So all of a sudden now there's 20 starting running backs every week. And then obviously you get into flex positions too. But just in terms of position scarcity, quarterback is the easiest one to get into to play just because these guys will always put up points and you can usually pick guys up off a of free agency and start them during the week. Like that's a pretty popular strategy. It's just called streaming quarterbacks, and I know a lot of people do it. People are successful doing it. I've done it before. Um, Joe, have you have you done that? I'm sure you have it. Like,
0: think about streaming quarterbacks. Think about the title game of 2019 in Dynasty. I streamed Ryan Fitzpatrick, victory, championship. You could do it. You could win your leagues with guy, guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. Obviously. It's 2021. We've grown up a little bit. Where do you want to find better streaming value? Guys who run the football a little bit more. Now, those are going to be your quarterbacks that go early and often. However, there are a couple names that you need to jot down on your notepad that are going to be available after every single other team has already taken a quarterback. Those guys are names like Trey Lance. Tua runs the football a little bit Justin Fields why do you get those guys late because they can take over their teams at any point and your first quarterback can be somebody like Kirk Cousins who's gonna Just throw gonna say touchdowns Kirk yep if you have a six point passing touchdowns in your league go and get Matt Stafford and then draft a late guy or when nobody's really taking quarterbacks go ahead and take Jalen Hurts and then somebody a little bit safer after him and swing for the fences. But the reason why we throw these names out there is because they're available after you've already built your team with running backs, wide receivers, maybe tight end. We'll dive into tight end next because it's the second weakest position in fantasy. But if you're really just starting off, don't rush to the podium and grab a quarterback. You don't need to do it at all.
1: No, and so the reason why... Joe and I are talking about these guys who run the ball and why they're more valuable. Are they better real-life quarterbacks than some of the guys? Like, We'll just say like Jalen Hurts versus Tom Brady. They seem to be going in kind of that same area in drafts, just about give or take a couple. But you guys get my point. Tom Brady is definitely a better quarterback. Hurts, though, has a higher ceiling in fantasy because he runs the ball. The way how the standard scoring works is every 25 passing yards for a quarterback or anyone is one point. Well, every 10 rushing yards is one point. So if you got a quarterback who's running for, I don't know, we'll just say 50 yards, you're getting five extra points on top of that. Now, if he threw for 50 yards, you're getting two. So there you could see you got an extra three points and obviously those add up. And so that's how these guys are breaking the fantasy landscape. Like Lamar Jackson is, he's not a great passer he's probably in the bottom half in terms of NFL quarterbacks when it comes to actually passing the ball, but fantasy wise he's a cheat code because he's going to run for a thousand yards and he scores touchdowns on the ground. And so in most leagues you'll see passing touchdowns are worth four because they happen so often while running for anyone is still six. So you got those guys and they can just completely dominate and win you a week. Um, but again, it's just important to say, Hey, look, There's so many other guys who I could get. I could start, and as long as I play the matchups well, you are going to be in good shape.
0: Agreed. Good math. Way to get the breakdown of the points out there. Another thing that's important here, throwing a little tidbit, floor versus ceiling, and why the rushing has a bigger impact. It's because when a quarterback runs a little bit more, they have a higher floor meaning they're more likely to score a baseline minimum number of points that is higher than average than quarterbacks that do not. Ceiling means boom, boom, where we can score the most points on a weekly basis because we're matching floor with a high ceiling. Ceiling for most quarterbacks, pocket passers is pretty capped. On average, nobody's going out there and throwing three touchdowns a week anymore. Rodgers came close last year. He had in the high 40s, yeah. but only one or two guys are going to do that. And you still got to pay up for those guys early on. And he still was not the number one quarterback last year after all those passing touchdowns. I think it was Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Yep. Both of them are what we call cheat codes, Konami code. They run the football, they pass the football, they score a ton of points. They're on good teams, good offenses. Those guys will cost you a third or fourth round pick in your fantasy drafts this year.
1: And I'll be honest, too. Like in the third or fourth round, I feel totally comfortable taking any of those guys, taking any of the ones that we mentioned, a Josh Allen, a Kyler Murray, Lamar, even Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes, I would probably feel comfortable taking at the end of the second early first. Like if I could go, if I could pair Mahomes with a CM, like with a McCaffrey. I mean, there's going to be weeks where they just completely light up the scoreboard for you and get you 70 points by themselves, and you just need to figure out the rest of the positions. So that, to me, I know we keep saying, hey, don't draft a quarterback in the first round. There is a time when guys become a value, Um, but it's important to know. And I think, too, kind of like the best way to see, to try to figure out value mid-drafts, is to see how everybody else is drafting on your team, like in your league. If you see everyone is taking a running back to start off the draft and you're at the end of the first and you're like, okay, every single pick in front of me was a running back, maybe I don't go running back here. Maybe I go a Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey stack or a Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill stack, whatever it is. And you're just like, all right, I have the number one and number two pass catcher on the board and you know those guys will still score your points now not as much as a running back potentially but those guys are most likely probably going to be a little bit more healthy throughout the season too um and they obviously play a ton more snaps on running backs but yeah so that's just something that that's kind of the best way to figure out value during the draft is just to kind of zag when everybody zigs
0: love that i guess it's a good segue breaking down the next least important position in fantasy but it is there Remember, standard roster that we're thinking about here is one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, a flex, which is going to be your running back receiver tight end, a kicker or a defense. If you're playing in dinosaur leagues, if you're listening and this is something that's been shared with you because you're a first time fantasy player and people want to learn how to play, they're probably going to have kickers and defense in your league. Okay, why is the tight end least important? next to quarterback and why should you wait on drafting a tight end there are on any given week 32 to 40 tight ends that are going to catch passes right only three to six of them actually matter so if you don't actually get one of those people the oligarch tight ends the the ones that are on the field acting like receivers in disguise every other tight end is the same player
1: you're hoping same for a touchdown game.
0: Yeah. couple catches, touchdown. That's it. You can do the same thing with quarterbacks where you can look week to week for the best matchup and play a tight end and you can wait. And that allows you to then what we obviously we're stacking running backs and receivers and creating a better team and a, a more solid foundation for a team. Who are the guys, Connor, that you're willing to take early this year?
1: So I will say too, the whole reason why we're talking about the tight ends as well is it, obviously what Joe is saying, but it's the same argument with the quarterbacks on how there's 32 starting quarterbacks and only 10 who you are 10 who are required to start in your league format. So that's the same thing. Position scarcity is pretty it, there's a ton of guys who you could be starting on any given week. However, guys who I want to draft early. I, there's three who I feel really comfortable with. There's a fourth who I'm willing to take a risk on. And then after that, it's I'm waiting for them to maybe fall and have it be maybe a round or two later from where they were projected. Number one, Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's, he's a stud. He's a monster. Even without his beard, I still trust him. Um, follow up that with George Kittle. And then Darren Waller. Um, those are the top three guys. Those are the guys who I feel most confident taking. And honestly, round two, any time, like round two or later, I would feel confident taking any of those three. Maybe not Kittle. I would definitely take Waller over Kittle. Um, Kittle, I would maybe say third. But Waller, Kelsey, definitely in the second. Kittle, third. Kyle Pitts. Kyle, so for anyone who doesn't know this, Kyle Pitts is a rookie tight end playing for the Falcons. He was just the highest drafted rookie tight end in NFL history when he went fourth overall. To the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons just traded away Julio Jones, who is a Hall of Fame wide receiver, but has clearly created a huge opportunity for Kyle Pitts to catch the ball, and obviously Calvin Ridley too, who's one of their wide receivers. But rookie tight ends like never, ever hit. Like they, it's just a very, very hard position to transition to the NFL in and. Just because a rookie tight end does not play well his rookie year does not mean that they are a bust or that they are a miss. Um, For me, Kyle Pitts right now, it's like, okay, do I go off of all this history of these rookie tight ends not producing or do I just look at Kyle Pitts and say, hey, look, this is a generational talent. A guy like this is probably the one to break that mold and to really, really blow up and produce his rookie year. Now, I don't know what the answer is there. I think I don't really feel comfortable taking him myself until the fifth round. Um, I don't know, Joe, what you're thinking. In my recent draft, he went the last pick of the fourth round, which I'm okay with. And that got obviously paired with McCaffrey and Antonio Gibson and DeAndre Hopkins. So what are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts? Where are you comfortable taking him in, uh, in redraft?
0: Regular PPR. Back half of the fourth, maybe early fifth. Swinging for the fences. Um, I do want to take the risk on him above Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. Um, Tight end premium, I'm willing again to swing for the fences. And if he does what everybody says he's going to do, I want to be a part of that. Late third seems maybe... There early fourth for, for Kyle Pitts tight end premium and tight end premium means they're getting a point and a half per reception rather than one making the oligarch tight ends even more. So a cheat code Travis Kelsey in that format was the number two non quarterback player. Darren Waller was number six. Very, very, very good. When you have them, they smash and they score you a ton of points on a weekly basis. Um, If you take our advice and you wait, at tight end, and you're just peppering running backs and receivers and building a good team. Names to look out for after round nine, they are values. Logan Thomas is going to smash again for the football team.
1: He will never win you a week he by himself,
0: be but very he will not lose floor. it for you. Very high floor. Yep. Going to catch a lot of
1: passes this year. Five catches for 50 yards like every single game. Like he is Never really going to have those big games where that you could see out of maybe some of the other guys who we're going to name here shortly, but you know, when you put him in, he's not going to goose you. He's not going to get you a zero. He's not going to completely derail your week. Um, You know, you're going to have a very, very safe floor in a uh, consistent baseline with him.
0: And he was a tight end three last year. Yeah. For those keeping. And that was
1: all, and that was just off of like 70 catches for 700 yards or not even, I think he had like under 600 yards, something like he really did nothing, but he just caught a bunch of passes, which tight ends just don't normally do. So. All right. And
0: followed up by him. I'm very comfortable taking Robert Tunyon, Green Bay Packers, who's throwing him the football, Aaron Rodgers, And he is a bad man with the football in his hands. Bob Tunyon's a lock for 10 touchdowns this year. And I think I'm, I'm like, yeah, confident in saying that
1: i'll be honest if i don't get kelsey kittle or waller i'm just waiting and i'm taking tanyan maybe like a half round early i'm just like hey round eight i will take that i will get him as my starting tight end and i feel confident starting him i will probably grab some of these deeper guys um i think there are some good values going even later for you guys to look at like i think a guy like donald parham great guy just to kind of remember the name because. He's 6'8", 230. All you're really looking for are touchdowns, and that guy's a red zone target. Obviously, that is very much a swing for the fences, but he is a touchdown producer. Um, I'm trying to think. There was someone else who kind of fits that mold. I think Pat Fryermuth probably fits that mold, too. If you're just looking, though, this is for, like, if you're in, like, a deeper league, um, just kind of looking for, like, hey, this guy might score me a touchdown or two. That is a good guy to look at. But again, Logan Thomas, you'll be good. Robert Tanyan, you'll be good. Um, Just kind of remember those two names and make sure you're targeting them.
0: Awesome. And the last basics of where your meat and potatoes of your team will come. It's running backs and receivers. Receivers are the second most valuable position in standard fantasy, PPR fantasy, home leagues, casual leagues, work leagues, school leagues, everything that Most people play. Most people play basic fantasy. Most people. We're talking to you. Receivers, you can draft from round one to round 15 of your draft, and you can find receivers all day long. They're valuable because you need to play two to three of them a week. Two is a guarantee. Three, depending on how your team shapes up, and they are loaded. There are receivers that you can find everywhere. This is why the running back always going to be the most important position in fantasy running backs that also catch the football and PPR. They're King upside wins championships. This is how you win your league. It's nailing potential running backs that could finish top five at the position, find the number one running back and you're almost guaranteed to go to the playoffs. They will carry you.
1: Yeah. And the reason why too running backs are more valuable is NFL teams at most have two on a field at one time. Wide receivers, generally a lot of teams run three wide receivers as kind of like their base offense. So run two guys out wide and one guy in the middle of the field in the slot. So obviously it just means there's a ton more opportunities for the wide receivers to score. So it's a little bit easier to find that value. Running back, once you get past like running back 24, it is a wasteland. So it's important to make sure that you are getting as many of those top guys as you possibly can. Um, now, Joe, are there any, we'll say kind of like mid to like mid tier uh, wide receivers who you really have your eye on, who you really like this year? If you are going wide receiver or sorry, running back or tight end heavy early and you're waiting till round, like, let's say like three to five to kind of take your first pass, like your first receiver
0: hundred um, percent. There's a lot of guys that are falling way too far in 12 team leagues and you can get them late third, early fourth. And I'll go through some of those names right now, but Cooper cup's going to be there. I'm going to smash Keenan Allen is easily by far and away the most egregious value. I think in the wide receiver position, he's a top five football player at any time, like wide receiver with a, Unbelievable young gun quarterback throwing him the football, and he's the number one route runner in football. You're gonna get him at the back end of round three, maybe early four, and you're gonna pair him with Bell Cow running backs, and he is fine as your first receiver. He's immediate target. Um, couple other guys. If they fall, give me give me some Allen Robinson, give me some Chris Godwin. He's falling and he is a former number one receiver in fantasy football. He has the greatest quarterback of all time, throwing him the rock and he runs out of the slot all the yep. time.
1: the And Yeah, they're going three. There are, there are three wide receivers on the field at one time. The majority of the snaps will be going to Chris Godwin, which slot machine. targets are the most valuable.
0: He's a slot machine. These guys rake catches. Think Jamison Crowder. Think.
1: Yep. Wes Welker.
0: Wes Welker. Yeah, sure. But Chris Godwin is mispriced. He's a value smash. Bobby Trees is a value. That's Robert Woods. Every single Woods. year he is. Every, every, every single year. year. Um, and I'll give you a couple names that are a bit deeper. Even further back, these guys are going to win you weeks. Adam Thielen. He keeps going further down.
1: He won, in ADP. He won the pick right after Robert Woods in my league. Get him it's in round five. He said that. Go yeah, for it. I mean, it. he won. That was round six. So, yeah, I mean, get the one.
0: What, what I'm explaining here is you can build a football team, fantasy yeah. football team, with multiple, multiple value picks at receiver and hammer running back in the in the beginning. Running back is huge this year. I think it's going to correct itself. Last year was a down year for running back. But when everybody zigs, you zag. Everybody's going to be running into the receiver pool this year because of how much better the win rate the win rate was for receivers last year a lot of injuries for running backs zag get right back in there get right back on the horse get your running backs this year and get them early
1: yeah so i'll just throw a couple other names that you have not talked about brandon iuke i Ayuk. think going to i think iuke is going to smash this year he seems to be going pretty much in the sixth round and like for me he's my wide receiver two in the league and i feel great about that um another guy jerry judy I think he is going to absolutely be such a value at his ADP right now. I mean, he went in the eighth round of my league that I just finished up, or I'm in the process of drafting right now. Um, But, I mean, in the eighth round, it's going to be tough to find a wide receiver with more upside than him. Also, Odell Beckham, it's crazy. I keep getting him as my first bench player, and if he does not have to start for me every single week, the upside with Odell could be league winning, potentially. Like if he hits his his ceiling, what he could be, he could help win you a league. I'm not saying that's likely. That's why we call it the ceiling. I think his floor is very low because he could obviously get hurt again. And he hasn't looked great with Baker. But right now with where he's going in, obviously he's a big name. He's a fun player to watch. I just think it's something for everyone to kind of keep in mind when you're filling up your bench. You're like, oh, Odell's been hurt. Odell's been hurt. But wait. I have all my starters right now. Let me get Odell. Let me see. Let me see what he can do on my bench, and maybe either a) you trade him for a running back or something like that, or if he smashes, it's going to help winning the league.
0: Love it. I think I'm on the other side of him.
1: Are you done? Are you going to have? Him? I think
0: I'm out. I think I'm out. That's I'm and the, that's why. Donovan Peoples Jones. He's 22. Great dynasty oh, buy God. for the Browns, oh, and he looks good in camp. Jarvis Landry, there's your slot machine. There's your eight catches for 60 yards, but that's 14 points. Add in a touchdown, bingo. Slot machine,
1: 20 points. winning you the league, though. I'm just saying. 20 points
0: is going to help solidify your weekly floor for your team. You got to have floor, and you got to have ceiling, and you got to have it all, really. Now, Um,
1: I was going to ask next – I don't know if this is too quick of a subject change, but how do you draft in the early rounds – Versus the mid to late rounds, like do you have like a strategy you tend to follow just in terms of like maybe the types of players that you're looking for? Um, or is it just kind of like, hey, best player no matter what, just take them?
0: Yeah, so it's a great question. I have a redraft strategy, I'm very stubborn, it will not change. I will not have Travis Kelsey on my redraft teams, I will not have Devontae Adams on my redraft teams. I will have running backs and I will be targeting who I think might be the best running backs in football and have the upside to any week, be the running back one season long, be the running back one. Those guys in order are Christian McCaffrey. That's boring. I get it. That's basic. Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, Now, if you can get multiples and multiples and multiples of those guys on your team, you will make the playoffs. I think it's like a given. If they stay healthy and they play football, you will have a team that is built to make the playoffs. It's that easy. When you start three of them, you're getting 33% of your points from the most important position in football. A couple, I guess, maybe some bonus guys. We just talked about them. I, I don't hate Miles Sanders late. I'll most likely have three running backs in the first three rounds. Um, so it won't be on my team, but if you need to, if you go to running backs early and you need some guys late, I don't hate Miles Sanders.
1: I don't hate
0: Montgomery again. And little young guy, I don't hate Travis Etienne this year. He provides that Alvin Kamara level of upside. I think he's going to get a lot of passing work. And that's exactly what you're looking for in PPR. Fun note. Thank you, Scott Merritt. Running back targets when they catch the football are worth 2.64 more points than wide receiver targets in fantasy. That is why they're a G-code MC.
1: So, I'll be honest, I wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but that was a great answer. Um,
0: (laughs) What were you looking for?
1: Well, I was just going to say, and I probably should have just said this myself, is first two to three rounds, I like to get guys who – I feel super confident in and they're almost not safer I tend to go a little bit more of a floor play for the first couple of rounds. I want to make sure that I know I'm going to have these guys out there and they're going to give me consistent like production every single week. Once I get into the mid rounds, the mid to late rounds, I try to draft a lot based on ceiling because I will overturn my roster so often where like if Odell, like if Odell gets hurt and sucks, like I will cut him. No issue, just move on. Um, so that tends to be how I like to draft. I'm with Joe. I tend to lean three running backs. I think it is the best way to build your team, and really kind of helps you because, like we were saying earlier, it is so much easier to find wide receivers in the mid to late rounds than it is running back because it's gross. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of my. My big thing is I like to almost play it a little bit more safe at the jump and then uh, go upside after that just because I want to make sure my top three guys hit and deliver.
0: Love it. Safe guys like that are going to include Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones. Very safe guys. Nick Chubb, I call him the best running back in football right now. He doesn't provide as many targets in the passing game, but he is safe floor for a first-round pick. I think he is a safe first-round pick. Derrick Henry is built with titanium alloy. If you've never seen him run the football, go and take a look. He's going to run for another 1,500 yards minimum, and he's going to score a lot of touchdowns while he's doing it. Um, I just had a thought that I wanted to bring out. Oh, and if you're hammering running back early, get as many receivers on your bench as possible so you can rotate guys in. On a weekly basis and just hold on for dear life. Fantasy a ride. Injuries yeah. will happen. Hopefully they don't happen to your team. We can go in next week, maybe into like some waivers, streaming tactics, how to do that. But if you take some of these basic principles that we just went over to your home leagues this year, you should smash and smash yeah. easily.
1: I will say, too, I think one of my biggest pieces of advice is just to have fun doing this. I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to draft, if you're a Packers fan and you want to just draft strictly Packers guys at the start, you're probably not going to win your league. But like it's meant for you to have fun. Like that's what the purpose of fantasy football is. It's meant to be played with your friends. It's a way to communicate with people um, and just to kind of stay involved with the sport. So. Do whatever you think is most fun. Like, if you just want to say, screw you guys and everything you said, and I want to take Aaron Rodgers in the first round, go take Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Everyone will thank you for your entry fee, but you can do that. Um, But, yeah, just make sure you guys are having fun when playing this. It's meant to to be a lot of fun. Yes, have fun.
0: Winning is fun. Make sure you also set yourself up to win. Losing sucks. We like winning at the churn. Um, we're coming up on right above, right below an hour, about at the 56 minute mark here, this is back to basics. Get your aunt and uncle playing fantasy football this year. They should be able to listen to this episode or anybody should be able to listen to this episode and have a general understanding of how to approach draft season, which is happening from now until September 9th, when the season starts. Last tidbit: draft is er, draft as late to the season, starting as you can to be up to date on like any preseason injuries that happen. You could avoid those guys; they might get hurt from now until then. You don't want to see that happen. You don't want to cripple your leagues before they start. So, uh, we're aiming for September fifth for our leagues. That's a Sunday. Obviously, the fourth of September would be a Saturday. That's kind of gonna that's gonna be a huge weekend for drafts. Um, so target those dates.
1: Agreed. Awesome. Um, I just have one other thing, too. I meant to shout it out earlier, but last week I was on the That's My Sports podcast with our good friend Aaron Cass. Um, so go back, take a listen to that. We kind of just talk about fantasy in general. A um, little bit like what Joe and I talk about, but more so about some of the history of like the leagues we've been in some of the crazy moves we've seen we talk about where the churn names come from which i don't think we've actually talked about on this podcast so i think we have have we
0: yeah yeah we talked okay. about our team names we talked about Got the churn it. like why am i drunk jd why are you worst team ever yeah things like that um cool. yeah well,
1: regardless good give them friend a follow. Good yeah friend go listen pod. yeah go listen it was a good time it was about a half hour so it was pretty quick but um yeah. Go, go check them out. That was a, that was a fun time.
0: Yeah. Glad you did that. Like we said, we love friends of the pod. If anybody wants to hop on collaborate with us, we really are starting to look for that a little bit more. Um, so dropping handles at the churn FF. If you have feedback, shout us out. That's at Connor bods underscore FF. And I am at JD Fran 14 it's redraft season. Anything else from you? no. Carry on. You set your lineups, leagues.